1: It's around the house. First of all, depending on what you buy, um, public charging is actually often a better way to do it when you're out. Because at home, the best you can do is um, AC charging, which, depending on the charge you get at home, um, there are chargers out there like um, Juice um that, that can give you up to 40 amps. It's the only one I know of um, juice 2 that can give you 40 amps because it is made out of air, industrial aircraft parts and it truly gives you 40 amps. Anybody else that tells you they're giving you 40 amps doesn't. it gives you probably the best of 21 amps, maybe 28. But Juice uh, Juice, two, juice boost 2 gives you your true 40 amps.
0: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a
1: lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House.
0: Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your source for home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. Caroline, we got a special guest in the studio today. This is going to be a lot
2: of fun. I am so stoked and you know i am a car enthusiast and that would mean a truck enthusiast so i will go nuts for this topic and so i'm nuts for our guest so let's introduce him
0: nick miles our auto expert my good friend welcome to around
1: the house I am uh, thrilled to be here, Eric. Um, I get to listen to your show every week, whether I want to or not, because you come on after me on the radio. So as I'm packing up, um, I make way for a show which is clearly uh, more important, better than me, and has a nicer time (laughs) slot. (laughs) No, man, I tell you what, I've got some
0: serious auto envy with the people that you talk to in your show and the uh, toys you get to go play with. So I I think it's great.
1: It's funny in life, isn't it? That um, I'm probably in my situation more than your situation, but we call each other for advice all the time. Um, You talk to me about, you know, leaky oil and uh, (laughs) I got this and I won't ever buy that again. And I was cruising past my friend's house and he opened the garage and holy heck, that was a Uh, a cherry red, uh, you know, Chevy this or Mustang that. And I saw it in his garage and I'll call (laughs) you and go, I've got to insulate this uh, studio and I'm not sure what to use and this sort of thing. So we probably talk more about our personal projects um, than we do actually about our professional lives, which is, of course, radio and television. Um, It's quite comical that we spend a lot of time um, you picking each other's brains for our specialty projects. So, it, and we've actually never, this is the first time we've co- collabed on any project together in the media ever.
0: I, I know the door code, I think to your house Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part. So, Caroline, I don't want to make you feel ganged up on here because we've got old history here. But uh, Nick goes way back with me on the radio days. And uh, everybody out there, you've probably seen Nick on your TV at some point talking automotive, talking about the latest new cars and trucks. And today I wanted to talk about trucks a little bit because so many people out there that are homeowners and contractors and everybody else you know that truck is a is a big part of that DIY project because we've all seen the memes on social media with the unit of you know plywood that's strapped down to the Mazda six roof or something, you know, and that truck is a really big, important part of a DIY project.
1: I think um, trucks have evolved definitely. North America, of course, is really the only country that has pickup trucks. In the way that it does, the best-selling three vehicles in North America are pickup trucks. The F-150 has been the number one vehicle in the United States for over 40 years, period, Um, followed now by the Ram 1500. Uh, It used to be the Chevy Silverado was number two, uh, but Ram has uh, knocked Chevy down to number three, and the Chevy Silverado is number three. So the first three best-selling vehicles in the United States are pickup trucks, which is not surprising. We are a pickup truck nation. It's interesting when you look at um, geographically why the United States has such big vehicles um, and why we're all about big vehicles, and it's purely because of the infrastructure of the, com- of the country. When you look at somewhere, let me just take you like China or Europe, A city, and I'm going to throw out a number here, let's just say a city of 5 million people. A city of 5 million people in Europe would actually be contained in a third of the space um, as it would in the United States. So it's a third of the size of land mass that the United States is. And you take that equation and then you spread it out over the whole of the United States. If I leave my house in Portland, Oregon... And fly towards my sister, who lives in Milton Keynes in England at the family home there, which is where the F1 Red Bull team is. And if you fly, if we fly towards each other, our planes would meet over New York City. And that's the size of the United States. So you'd (laughs) You'd get a geographical understanding, (laughs) right? Now you have a geographical understanding of how big the United States is. And that's why we need such big vehicles, because we travel such huge distances. And that's why our pickup trucks are about four times the size of anybody else's. And so we need big vehicles and pickup trucks are important to haul big loads and to do things like take those loads out of Home Depot.
0: Well, and you're not going to drive a, a big F-150 through the old streets of Rome, Italy <laughs> and get it around a corner. I mean, unless you got a, a floor jack to, to make that right-hand corner. Right. Our streets are so new compared to many of the rest of the world. You're not going to get that big truck in. Even if you wanted to buy one over there, you'd be hard pressed.
1: Absolutely. And, and although they are available, they're available in limited quantity, Uh, pickup trucks have been a very sort of country thing for us in the United States. They've been something that's been very rural. A lot of working, uh, people have had them, but they are changing. Um, we did have smaller pickup trucks were super popular in the eighties and nineties, uh, due to the gas shortage. Of course, um, Honda introduced small pickup trucks and Toyota back in the gas shortages of the seventies and the eighties. Um, they went out of style, but they've come back. The Rangers come back. So we have these, what they used to call half-ton, now they're called sort of the, the mid-size pickup trucks, the Tacomas, those sort of things against the full-size pickup trucks like the 1500 and the 150. But now we've got this even smaller class of pickup trucks. And we're getting, we now almost have four classes of pickup trucks. So we have the tiny ones like the Maverick, the Ford Maverick, the little ones, the sort of hybrid tiny pickup trucks. Then we have this SUV-based pickup Mm. trucks, which are things like the Santa Cruz, which are based on SUVs. That's from Hyundai. You're getting those style of pickup trucks. And then you have these mid-size pickup trucks like the Toyota Tacoma, the Ford Ranger. And then you have the traditional size, like the Ram 1500, the F-150, and the Chevy Silverado. So you're getting sizes from... Very small, starting at $20,000 all the way up to your $40,000, the traditional ones like the F-150 that you own, Eric.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's interesting when you get in, and and Caroline, you have an F-150 as well, don't you?
2: Yeah, and I'm just going to talk about a little bit Nick, these prices of these trucks have gotten astronomical. So you say forty thousand for an F one hundred and fifty, and I'm like, well, that's like the base base model. You're not even getting it. I mean, <laughs> I, I think the last time we bought the F one hundred and fifty, it cost us, I want to say, almost seventy thousand, and yeah. that was a couple of years ago.
1: You got away, Caroline. You got away very cheaply. Um, you can pay astronomical prices for them, well over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. There's a reason for that. Um, first of all. Pickup trucks have stopped being so much of a utility vehicle for working men and working women. They have become much more of a family unit and the possibility of a luxury item. And they've become a status symbol as well. Uh, If you go to Southern California, you'll see them lowered. And you'll see them have neon lights in the wheels and you'll see them have huge sound systems in and they're tricked out and they thump and they bump and they move and they have hydraulics in and they do strange things. And they I had um, one of those in the 80s. I had my little <laughs> Ford Courier convertible
0: back then. Right, It was the uh, lowered mini truck that we had sawzalled the roof off with and, and done that, which was horrible yeah. in the rain. But it was a lot of fun when I was in my early
1: 20s. Now, people will spend two, three $300,000. I mean, you go to SEMA and you'll oh. see some of these trucks. I mean, they're raised and they're lifted. And they're, people are spending, uh, I'm sure, um, uh, Carolyn, you've seen them. The, they, they, they do crazy right. things to these right. trucks. And well, they do every possible style you can think of. They country them with big horns on them. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> those type of things. But people will spend huge amounts of money on But trucks have become a lifestyle thing. They've become a massive icon of how much money you have and and what you're saying about yourself. And they've also started to make them from the factory as family vehicles where, you know, you got in that pickup truck, and I don't know what style of pickup truck you book and, and I'd like to find out, Kellen, but you you had the old bench seat and they were very basic and they had a metal dash back in the 70s well now you have plush leather and 12 inch (laughs) screens and finished interiors with beautiful carbon fiber and heated and cooled seats and all these uh, accoutrements that you would see in a Mercedes I mean they're competing with full luxury cars (laughs)
2: I fell in love, Eric and I were at the CES show and I fell in love with the Silverado EV. Now, Eric will have a different opinion on that because I think he's leaning more towards the Ford line. But now I'm kind of been disappointed with Ford. We've had a few trucks. So, and this last one has been problematic. So looking towards the Chevy and I I fell in love with it. I mean, it was a sharp looking truck. Amazing.
1: I mean, I have a, um, a Lightning on order. Um, the full electric, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, and truck from Ford. Um, I tend to do that though. I tend to see something come out and go, "Ooh, something shiny," and put my money down. <laughs> Um, and uh, you mean like your uh, Ford
0: Bronco that's yeah. in the driveway yes. and your uh, Mach-E that's in the driveway? Yeah, like I mean, I'm
1: not necessarily a Ford guy. Uh, no, not at all. When things come out, I put money down on it. And uh, two years later, it comes time to order it. And, and you know, I have to make a call out on it. I put money down on the Fisker when that was announced and this sort of thing. And But the, it works because you're one of the first to get it and it has high value. When I ordered the Bronco Sport, I put money down on it. On the car, and it arrives two years later. It, it's a 13, 14 months old now, and it only has 600 miles on it. So um, yeah. I'm sad. I'm just a sad end. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in
0: in, your car reviews that you do out there, Nick, you've got a car carrier out in front of your car, what, twice a week, out in front of your house, twice a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I own um, five cars. And then I have at least two or three testers a week. Um, I have three motorcycles um, and you can imagine the testers. I'm constantly driving on the weekends when I'm home and filming my personal cars get driven very little. So they tend to be garaged and the electric cars have to be um, in the studio to be charged where the charger is. So very little gets done with anything um you know I'm two days a week to the testers, so my vehicles aren't getting driven i mean i have a I have cars that I think I have to take out once a month to make sure the battery gets turned over.
0: <laughs> so you can get into it. Yeah, no, it's, right. I wouldn't say it's sad. You, I've seen some of the vehicles out in front of your house. It's not sad saying, oh, I think my regular vehicle is going to stay and I'm going to drive this this weekend.
1: <laughs> I have an X4M, a BMW, brand new BMW X4M. I think I I haven't taken it out for a month. Brand new. Brand new. I haven't taken it out for a month. That's. <laughs> I a,
2: I'm kind of in the same boat because I bought, Eric knows, I bought a, a Jag and I, sports car. And right. I thought I have a regular nice. Jag, but then right. I wanted a sports car. And the thing is sitting, it's got like 900 miles on it. And I'm now I'm already like bored with it. And I'm like, uh Oh, something's wrong. Cause I'm right. not, I'm, I'm itching for something new now. <laughs>
1: and, and especially with the chip shortage, um, vehicles with low mileage on, I mean, you can make a killing on them right now. Oh my gosh. They them. offered
2: me, uh, yeah, two days ago to trade it back in. They're going to, the dealer wants to buy it from me and for, you know, I won't be upside down in it at all.
1: Yeah, you can sell them for more than you paid for them. But the, the only downside to that is you can't buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know. You know,
1: that, that's Six in the sense, from- too. That's why I put money down on these vehicles because you're guaranteed them to come back to you when they come from the factory. You're guaranteed a certain price, usually, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that it's almost good to reserve vehicles right now. And as long as you do a deal that you pay MSRP for them, you're you're usually uh, on the top side of getting money. That's great. That's great. Nick, out of all the, the
0: non-electric trucks right now, what are some of your favorites out there that uh, you've driven? And I think you've driven probably all of them at this point, haven't you?
1: Yeah, um, pretty much. So the big Things I think are exciting in trucks right now are um, there's there's classes of trucks. Tailgates are the real hot thing right now. Sure. Um, there are uh, three different tailgates, and it's by brand. So GM, in all of their vehicles, has the new tailgate Um that has the multifunction tailgate. It flips into multiple different positions. It can be a step. It can have different load positions. It can be a desk. It folds in multiple different positions. It comes in half. It, it does multiple different things. Um, RAM has the barn door style tailgate where the tailgate splits into a 60 um, a sixty forty, and you can open it sideways or you can open it traditionally to go flat, which is great if you are trying to get things out of the tailgate like bales of hay, where you don't want to lean over the tailgate itself, but you want to open it um, traditionally like a normal um, barn door would open. So you yeah. can reach in and grab stuff. Um, and then Ford has the tailgate that has the step embedded with the pole. So you can pull yourself up and step into the tailgate, which is they've had for a number of years, which is clever. Those things um, are great. Talking about vehicles themselves, I really um, am a fan of diesel. I think diesel is underrated right now. We're all electric, electric, electric. But there are so many sways, um, so many swaths of the country that don't have the uh, capability of recharging vehicles And um, the diesel is just a great way to get 600 miles plus out of a tank of fuel in a vehicle and get, uh, because of the ammonia spritzer in a vehicle, and they've got Mm -hmm. that technology really advanced um, now. There's zero emissions out of a tailpipe now of diesel vehicles, and you can Mm -hmm. get great fuel economy, usually about um, up to 40% better, but you're talking usually about three or four miles a gallon better um, out of a a vehicle. So diesel is still a great option. And the torque and the towing and the load is usually so much better out of a diesel vehicle. Um, One of my favorite vehicles is the Power Boost from Ford. And that is what Ford give their name to their plug-in hybrid version of their F-150. The reason that the uh, Ford is just so brilliant is their um, their onboard Power Pro system where you have all of this onboard generator. You can plug in so much to the back. You can plug in industrial power tools. You can plug in um, multiple different um, powers to the house. It will actually has an onboard generator that can power your home. You can plug in your house for up to three days if you should lose power. Thinking about the entire Southeast now that uh, to, over 200,000 homes are without <laughs> power this morning, um, yep. and, and so many people uh, are under snow. I bet those people today, this morning, wish they had, had a, uh, a PowerBoost Pro Ford F 150 in the driveway. It just makes sense. Uh, you're always, if you're home, if you're without power and you're home, your truck is parked at home. And then, yeah. then for the generator's parked at home, right? So you, you plug it into the house or you at least run a cable out there and you could have heating, you could have coffee maker, you could have all the things, internet, you could have all these things coming from the vehicle. And if you're not home, it's with you wherever you are if that's your daily vehicle. So it's, the generator goes wherever you are, it's part of the truck. Just when they, Texas had the big uh, power outages last year, You know, some people ran their homes with uh, that in Dallas and it saved lives. I mean, to me, that's just a genius move from Ford.
2: Eric, is it a traditional plug for people who don't know? Obviously, Nick, you've tested it. So how does that exactly work? What kind of cord are you using and how do you plug into the truck to your home? Is it an extension cord? How does that work? Yeah. You basically
0: from, yeah, it's an extension cord from what I've seen. It's just a regular outlet on the truck and then you can go over and plug into a distribution box at your house. If you wanted to go that way out or just grab
1: those heavy duty extension cords and drag them in and plug the stuff in that you want to run. Yeah. You need a, um, if you want to plug into your house, you do need a special adapter, um, to go into your, yep. um, mains, uh, mm-hmm. cord. Um, you do have to have. It's a little complicated because you you make have to make sure the house has the right grounding situation. Mm-hmm. So Ford will sell you uh, the stuff that you do need to plug it directly into the house. Um, but ultimately, if you don't have that, it doesn't stop you putting um, you know heavy duty power cables through the <laughs> kitchen window. <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> and, and, you, know, nice. it'd be, you know, it's better than having nothing. That's what I have to tell you.
0: No question. No question. And then you know it seems that you know Ford has has been winning the truck game as far as sales for a long time and they seem to be ahead of a lot of people I saw that you know Chevrolet came out with their you know they're now jumping into the electric game and and I thought that was kind of interesting as well what are your thoughts on that
1: uh I think it there's a it's in <laughs> they're a little late as our Ram like a- to the electric Truck market. Um, we haven't tested. Um, we haven't tested the lightning. We've seen it. We've seen the stats. Um, there are two or three things that people really need to understand. Their towing with electricity is a problem. Sure. And even a problem for Rivian, whose truck. First of all, Rivian were the first people to really get their electric truck to market, but there's caveats here, right? I and mean, you really need to pay attention to the caveats. The first caveat, Rivian have not really sold their truck to the public yet. It's on sale, but they've only sold it to people who work for Rivian.
2: It's not <laughs>
1: being sold to anybody. It, it, they haven't started making deliveries to people outside of the company yet. It's a bit like Tesla. You go, you've mm-hmm. got to start. Yes, it's it's being delivered, but owning to people who actually work for the company. As As I am aware at this point, Nobody who does not work for Rivian has received the truck yet. That's number one. Number two is the long-range battery has been delayed with Rivian, I believe, until 2024. So yeah. it's only the short-range battery, which is not much over 100 miles, has been deli- is going to be delivered yet. So there's this caveat. The second thing is when you tow with these vehicles, even the Lightning, they can't tell you how well it will tow and towing might be a big deal you might, a lot of people tow with their trucks they tow work trailers they tow boats they, they they have loads in the back when you tow they can't tell you how far and how much these trucks will tow they can ford would say they will have a screen on the inside that will tell you with the current load that you have on the truck this is how far the, the vehicle will be able to go under the current load you also it's weather dependent So when I charge my vehicle to 100%, 100% might get me 200 miles in the summer, but in the winter, the same 100% and I go outside might say 160 miles because (laughs) batteries do not function well in the winter.
2: And when you go outside and it's
1: cold and you have the heated seats on and the heating and the battery doesn't work well in the cold – it may function at only 80 or less than 80% of what it did at the summer. So you have to be aware that trucks do not function well on electricity in the, in the winter as much as they do in the summer. So your vehicle may not function the same in different temperatures. And we don't know yet how any of these vehicles will function. They do not function all 12 months the same, so be aware that we don't know any of the math quite yet on any of these vehicles. So we haven't tested any of them. We were—I was supposed to be testing the GMC um, Hummer and the Hummer, mm-hmm. the Hummer truck and the Hummer um, SUV. They cancelled that test at the end of this month because of COVID. So I still don't know how that's going to test yet. <laughs> Um, but that is a $106,000 starting price for, for the, the Hummer truck. <laughs> so, again, these electric vehicles are not cheap. Even though the Ford Lightning starts at $40,000 before tax credits, most people aren't going to buy a $40,000 truck, which is a base truck. They're going to be Store buying truck. something that's around mm-hmm. $70,000. And Karen said that right at the beginning, that, yes, these trucks may start in the 30s, <laughs> but nobody buys them like that. All right, it's like a Mercedes. The, they say the MSRP, the starting price of these Mercedes, you know, SUVs, is thirty thousand dollars. But nobody yeah. buys a base Mercedes. They don't buy base trucks either, unless unless you are, you know, the gas company. Um, the other that's the other thing that you need to also know about Ford. Ford is the number one with the F one fifty because they sell massive amounts of trucks to the coal industry. To the mining industry, to the gas, to all these people, that's why they're number one because they have huge government and huge contracts. Um, So when if you take all those contracts away, they're not necessarily the biggest truck in America.
2: Nick, how are supply chain issues holding up now? Because you you mentioned Ford, you know, selling a lot of trucks, and I know they did have at least I'm in the Northeast uh, by New York, we had a lot of trucks that were sitting waiting for sensors and different parts to come in. Has that improved at all? Is it still the same situation?
1: No, well, they're the number one um, sought-after vehicle in America. And so if you drive into Detroit, where most of these, or a lot of these vehicles are made, a lot are made in Canada and some are made in Mexico. But if you drive into Detroit, you'll find that there are parking lots full of vehicles that are missing Mostly the chips, and they're just sitting in parking lots without the chips in. They're towed in there after they come out of the factory, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And we don't know what year designation those vehicles will have because they have everything but the chip, and they're technically not completed until those chips are in. So they technically don't have a year designation on them until the chips are put in because that's when the manufacturing is complete. Um, uh, Their chips are not there. And those chips are not there for multiple reasons, mostly because of COVID. And what happened in COVID is um, because these factories in places like Malaysia and Japan and Korea and all these, these countries which make the chips, are um, people were so close in the factories, they couldn't have people so close together. And people were sick so much, they couldn't have them in the factories. They had to shut the factories down Uh, because they didn't want COVID to spread. Those factories are back up and working a lot now, and those chips will start to be produced. Now those chips are being produced again, they'll start to drift in, and we're hoping to see them drift in in March, but it'll be a while for those factories to get up and running. But there's a knock-on effect, right? The same thing happened at the Ford factories in in Dearborn and and in the United States, because even at 100% now, Factories say they're operating at 100% in the United States. 100% in 2022 is not what 100% was in 2020. Because when you come to work now, you have to get swabbed. You have to have a temperature taken. You have to go through uh, computer questions about... Have you been associated with anybody that's had COVID in the last, since you left the factory yesterday? Have you had a temperature? Do you feel well? You know, and if you answer any of the questions out of order, then you have to go to the nurse's station <laughs> and da, da 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 So it takes a while to get into work. You have to wear a mask and you have to be separated from people so your work isn't the way it used to be two years ago. And that means the factory runs at a less, uh, less slower pace doesn't run as efficiently as it used to two years ago. So they're not doing the same work that they did. So cars are getting produced slower. Trucks are getting produced slower. So uh, the capacity 100% today is not what it was in 2020.
0: That makes sense. You'd see the production line and you'd have two guys, one on either side or you know, two people, and their heads would be under the dash. They're, they're They're connecting in the dash structure, but they're still 24 inches apart in the same vehicle. And I can
1: see you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you're right. So the line is slower because the guy is now, you know, six, eight foot down the line. And that means the Mm -hmm. vehicles run slower because they can't run as fast as they did because those guys are separated. Fascinating.
0: Fascinating. And I, I want to step in and I, I love diesel. Diesel is something great. Uh, my next vehicle I probably get will be diesel as well. Uh, I'm not going to buy a Mercedes diesel again. That was my biggest mistake and I'll hammer Mercedes on that. And that's a, I've got an oil leak on mine, which looks like an old Freightliner pickup out there, you know, freight, Freightliner truck because of the oil leaks under that thing. But I tell you what, that does not uh, deter me away from going diesel. And for me, I think it's a smart way to go.
1: Certain years had certain problems. Um, I always tell people there's two things I would always recommend when you're going to buy a used vehicle. One, Consumer Reports do a really good comprehensive list of vehicles in what years. And you can go look at the vehicle that you're looking at and it tells you on each year what issues people have. And you can look at those years and see what issues they have and you can have a mechanic check for that issue on your year, which is really good. The yeah. second thing is there are great forums on the internet and you can go to the forums and you can search the forums for the year that you're looking at. And people will tell you, Oh, don't buy this year. It had, they it had horrible <laughs> problems with this. Yep. Um, and you know, just, or ask, ask in the forums, uh, would you guys buy this year? And people will come back. Oh, <gasps> stay away from the 96. It's horrible. You know? Good point. Good point.
0: I learned that lesson. But at the same point, I still love my 1995 F-250 that I have. Yeah. That is big 460. It's awesome. I can throw anything in the back of it. If I get a little scratch in the bed, I I don't lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? It's just a great, comfortable work truck.
1: You'll find that there are certain years with certain uh, things that are absolutely bulletproof. And uh, those vehicles that uh, y- you can buy and they will go forever. By the way, I have to tell you a, a great little story. I get people coming to me all the time for advice on vehicles. And I was flying to Frankfurt and I, I'm from Portland um, on a very small airline. And this lady sat next to me from Portland and we made friends. I helped to edit a video for her mom's 100th birthday. Um, and we became friends, Facebook friends, and she reached out to me the other day and asked for advice on what to buy because she needed to buy a new car. And she was looking at certain vehicles and I said, ah, you know, you'll hate the infotainment in system in that vehicle, you know, think about this. And, um, she looked at a Subaru Forester that I was suggesting that she buy. She's older and she has a dog. And I said, oh, well, these are great for dogs, especially if your dog gets older. Subaru Foresters are fairly low and they have plenty of room in the back and your dog will have no trouble getting it out. And because you're older, they're lower to the ground and the doors open fairly wide. So you and your husband will have, have it getting easier. Plus the tech in it is not complicated in a Forester. So you and your husband won't have trouble getting around the infotainment system and the safety systems are all on automatically. So you don't have to turn anything on So it's great for an older person. And I said, plus they're bulletproof. And so it's really hard to mess them up. And her reply to me was probably the most classic thing I have ever, ever heard from an older person. And she came back to me and goes, I live in Portland. I don't think anybody's going to be shooting at me. (laughs) (laughs) I just... It was just one of those (laughs) things where I realized the generation I was talking to didn't understand what I said when I said it's probably bulletproof. (laughs) There you
0: go. Oh, that is funny on so many levels. Yeah, (laughs) That is awesome. Well, as far as electric trucks out there, and I know, you know, they're so, like you said, they're so experimental and we haven't really seen a lot of them out yet. You know, there's like, you you haven't had a chance because they haven't let them out into the public. Yeah. What is your thoughts again versus like Ford versus Chevy? And I don't think Dodge's, you know, Rams come out with anything yet, have they?
1: No, um I know what's happening, you know, if you if you read their five-year projection, we know it's coming. We know that, that we're right around the corner. We know Jeep's right around the corner with electric truck. We know Rams right around the corner with electric truck. And by the way, this is the classic mistake. Um, Ram's been Ram and not Dodge for <laughs> for about ten years. And, <laughs> right? We all want to say Dodge, but yep. uh, they, you know they separated and became Ram about ten years ago. Um, the um, look, electrics—it's here. It's exciting. It's the new thing, right? TikTok's the new thing. Are we all using it? No. No. But we like to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this sort of thing. We experiment it. We experiment with it. We watch it. We we talk about it. Are we knee deep in it? No. But but we like to, you know, we like to talk about it. We like to discuss it. Is it right for us? Maybe not. Um, but it's the new thing. Is it environment is electric environmentally friendly? Like ele- electric vehicles were invented to be environmentally friendly. Are they? No. Yeah. Are yeah. they close? There are no long way. How do we get electricity? Coal power stations, which is the most unenvironmentally friendly thing out there. Will it be? Yes. Eventually, it'll be probably the most environmentally friendly thing when we start making it. But right now, electric engines use cobalt and, and all these different things, which are the most unenvironmentally friendly oh, thing. look what goes in those battery packs, Nick. Yeah. I mean, look at what they have to pull out of the ground, the lithium, the... All of those things that they have to pull out of the ground just to build yeah. the battery packs. Yeah, we, we and the Chinese, the ones that own those factories that make all that stuff, and and you know the political implications are horrendous, but we've got to keep our governments in check to make sure that they are pushing towards these things. And and yes, we have to look to the future, and oil only has a certain finite line. And it's very politically charged because... It is very politically charged in a sense that it's most the oil companies are mostly right wing Republicans who own them in those oil companies, and it they're very politically motivated in one direction or the other. but it's a responsible thing to think that oil is going to run out at some time, and we should be ready to have different energy sources. If you want to look at how energy sources should go. The right thing to do would be nuclear power. Amen. But it's also <laughs> the most dangerous thing to do because it used to be. It's it's not
0: anymore, but it, well, it has over time. Yes, no question. To, it has been very dangerous.
1: It is the most dangerous thing to do because two things can happen: it it's unstable if it's not done properly, mm-hmm. and if it falls into the wrong hands, and and that that's the difficult thing. Right. So we have to keep everybody in check and electricity is new and it's fashionable and it's exciting. But we have to continually push towards making sure that how we source it and how we make it. So I'll give you a perfect example. BMW's engines now do not use cobalt in the engines. They have invented ah. an engine that no longer uses these raw sourced metals and they are involving batteries that don't no, no longer use the sourced metals. So we're getting there and it will be, yes, but we have to keep checking that people are making those progresses. So we no longer make these things unviable.
2: And also, um, I was, when I was looking at different vehicles to purchase for myself, I was aware that Maserati was going to a plant-based seat yeah. versus a leather. So they, they're making yeah. changes a lot in the the design, I guess, the cosmetic, um, to be more eco-friendly, sustainable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, look at the new Mercedes uh, EQXX that came out at um, CES. The seat material was made from mushrooms, which is grown Mm -hmm. in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, there's those type of things that are coming. The the carpets are made out of bamboo. As long as we keep forging this path and we don't forget that that's where we need to be and that's where we need to go, as long as auto companies don't just use it as a gimmick, and we keep making sure that we keep on the sustainable path and we keep on a path where it's not all just hype and we keep getting there. And it doesn't the cost doesn't um, doesn't become too severe and we keep making things sustainable. I mean, Ford have been using soy in there. What do you think their, about the fun. mushroom
2: mushroom seat? What, have you tested this? Have you seen this? I mean, what um, what is a mushroom? Uh, seat? You
1: know, it was at CES. Um, I didn't taste it. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea, but you also have to think, and this is a, uh, Caroline. this is a thing that, um, I don't know what the cost is. I mean, it's also a car that may cost over $200,000. If this was in a car that cost <laughs> $30,000, it would be a great idea, but it's a start, right? We get, we're, yeah. we're getting there. We're moving there mm-hmm. It's a concept. They're saying this car will be on the market within a certain certainly, you know, from, from when they conceived this Q, uh, EQXX vehicle to when they actually put it on the stand at CES was less than 18 months. So wow. I have to say, this is the right idea. These ideas are the right thing. So
0: question, Nick. Now I wonder what happens down the road when we put these into to real use. Like many of the Japanese cars that have had certain wiring in their cars and rodents come around and they mm-hmm. like to eat mm-hmm. these more plant-based mushroom um, seeds. products. You know what I mean? Are we going to see that? I wonder down the road. Those are those things that I always scratch my head and go, huh, I wonder if, because there's been some problems with certain vehicles out there that they've been replacing wiring harnesses because if they've got rats, mice around that they love to consume them.
1: Um, well, this is, this has to be right. They have to be eaten by things when they're thrown away, just not when they're not thrown away. <laughs> That's something we have to make sure that d doesn't happen. Um, you want when these things are put on, you know, in a garbage tip, to them to be consumed by bacteria and consumed by animals, and yep. and you know eaten and destroyed. That's the whole idea of things when they get thrown away. Just not when you don't want them to be. <laughs> um, uh, the, you know, the idea of having um, insulation in your attic um, that is is combust- uh, compostable—that's um, yeah. the idea. But you don't want the rats to get into your attic and eat it before you're ready, <laughs> um, right? So it's this, the challenge, right? Th- this this is the challenge. So uh, when you throw it away, have it. Com- uh, compostable, um, but when you yep. don't want them in the attic, not to be. So, how do we, how do we, how do we find that? Perhaps there's something on it that stops them eating it when you're not ready. Um, you have to make the the you have to find a, a, the balance, and the balance is don't have them eat it, but you don't want to poison the rats either. Correct. So that's, <laughs> I know. You know, it's hard. It's hard, yeah. but mm. you have to do it somehow. And then people look. Th- there's a whole BMW and and especially Ford have a whole department that looks at using discarded things in life. Uh, There is a doctor who runs a department at Ford that looks at peanut shells that get discarded from peanuts that's made into peanut butter. How can she take those shells and give them another life? coffee discarded coffee how can she take that discarded coffee that's not used in the coffee making process and use it to something to make something into that can be used in car parts Um, there are certain parts in cars now that are made from discarded mushrooms um, you know pressed into air filters there's you know bamboo that now makes the carpets in in vehicles there is soy that now is grown into the seat uh, portions of all ford cars so the sponge inside ford cars in their seats is now grown from soy rather than a petrochemical that never breaks down and is destroyed so though we need a car to be completely recyclable But there's also other challenges, you know, with your cars um, in, in things the same as the challenge with your house is how do we make things like the catalytic converter not have valuable metals in, and there is companies that are doing those sort of things now. Um, How do you make things in the car so people don't want to steal them, but so they, they can actually still do the same job.
0: That's great. That's great. I, I got a baited question for you, which I think I already know the answer. What do you think of the Tesla truck?
1: Um, I don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. Right. Uh, they, I, I will tell you, um, there's a lot of talk, but the factory, now they're moving the factory from Fremont to Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the factory is not even producing Model Ys yet. We know that it's ramping up to do Model Ys, but the Tesla truck is not even on the horizon. Um they keep changing the specs. It uh they added three-wheel steering and just for, uh, sorry, uh, rear-wheel steering, and as far as I know that will take several years to add. Uh they added um several other things into the truck which is going to delay its production. As far as I know, spy shots from drones um in the Tesla factory Uh, of flying over the austin factory it looks like they've run some model wise through the factory but it's not producing them as far as i understand commercially yet Mm -hmm. um they just need to get that up and running um the factory is a way away from producing any trucks we haven't seen we know it's maybe a couple years away from coming to market it looks like Ford Lightning will be here in the spring to summer this year. It looks like Chevy will have the Silverado EV probably early next year, maybe late next year at the worst case scenario. It looks like Jeep will announce an electric truck or, or Stellantis will for Ram announce an electric truck in the next year or so. That will probably be on the market before uh, Tesla. Um, so I, I think most people are going to have a truck out before Tesla. There's several other companies that are online to have electric trucks before Tesla. They got other problems they got to deal with before their truck comes out. So I'd like to see it. But it, at this point, it's all talk. And uh, Tesla have issues that need to be sorted out, like quality. It, it My head scratcher is this for Tesla the the biggest head scratcher is tesla shares are worth more than general motors, ford and stellantis which is is what chrysler used to be called stellantis mm-hmm. shares combined Fine. all three Fine. companies combined <laughs> yet they're nowhere close to the value of the output of all those companies Um, But yet their shares are worth more than all three combined. (laughs) Makes no sense to me. And their quality is really suffering uh, right now. So there's going to be a check and balance happen at some point in the future. I'd like to see their truck come out because I think there's a lot of people that like to buy it and use it for a family truck or for for home improvement.
0: Yeah. So, Nick, when you see electric vehicles out there, what are out of, we'll go cars and, and trucks here. What do you see as probably the lowest range you've seen out there. And then some of the highest just off the, you know, not a big test here, but off the top of your head, what are some of your favorite high performers and low performance as far as getting in and be able to take the thing out to the store or go visit a friend?
1: I think, um, uh, 300 miles is about, uh, what you would expect from the lowest. So, So members of the public aren't receiving electric trucks yet. Yep. Um, uh, General Motors promised us with the GMC that is technically on sale, but they've only delivered one, which was (laughs) the one they sold at um, the auction. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So they've only sold one GMC Hummer truck. The others are being produced at the factory, but I don't think they've delivered any yet. And I could be wrong because I haven't l- looked yet, but they are imminently being delivered. So the okay. Hummer is imminently being delivered. Um, they promised us 350 miles minimum. Wow. Um, and as far as I understand, it's now down to somewhere around 220, uh, 325, 327, something around that. But the truck is also a lot heavier than they were initially uh, anticipating. And it's so heavy now. It's no longer classed the same as the Ford F-150. It's gone up a class to the Super Duty, the 250. Yep. Um, it's so heavy because of the battery. But its range is around 327. So I think 300 um, is about the low end of what we're seeing for these trucks, maybe 200 for some of them. The Rivian, I'm not sure what the mileage range of that is. It may be less. Um, Chevrolet is promising 400, I think for the Chevy EV. Okay. So 400 miles. So, so the, the low ends and maybe the Rivian, I'm not sure what that does. I have to go back and look it up. It may be sure, uh, sure. 250, something like that. So low, low 300s is, is okay. probably the low ends of the, some of these vehicles, high ends. You'll start to see some of the new ones come out. that will offer maybe up to 600. How does that um, change
0: when you put, just regular SUVs and, and automobiles in there, are they well, getting much got, more out of them? Or
1: what are they? got cars that do 100-mile range. Uh, that's true. So, <laughs> you know, it, the great thing about trucks, the one and the huge advantage you have about trucks is that trucks are big, so you have more space to put more battery in. When you have a skateboard, a car's so small, right? So something yeah. as small as a Mini will do 100 miles because you don't have much space to put battery in. Whereas truck, you have all of that real estate to put much more battery in it. And so you'll get um, 300 miles in because you have four times the real estate than a car to put battery in it. And when you have real estate, battery, more battery in real estate will give you more mileage. And so you should be able to get 250 to, to 400 miles in, in something that's four times the real estate of a car. Um, makes sense. I mean, yeah, if you look at a Mini, that floor pan is only so big. Yeah, it's a, a quarter, maybe less than a quarter. So mm-hmm. technically the Mini should, you know, and the Mini is small tiny compared to the F-150 floor space, which should get 300 miles. Um, so technically the Mini is actually a better deal. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's less than a quarter <laughs> of the space. So it sh- of course that's the the floor span.
2: I was just going to say, because we're, we talk home improvement so much. How about these charging stations? I think these create so many issues. Now, if you have a home and you've got a lot of space, you've got the availability to charge. But what do we do in townhouses, apartment buildings? Like how, I mean, how are we physically going to make this work? And I even know with myself, I've battled with the thought of getting an electric vehicle. And I think about hooking up the 220 and I think about hooking up the charging station. And then I sort of shy away from it. So both of you, what are the things we can do to encourage all of this to happen if it can happen logistically?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked because (laughs) there are multiple uh, different ways you can do that. First of all, depending on what you buy, um, public charging is actually often a better way to do it when you're out because at home, the best you can do is um, AC charging, Mm -hmm. which depending on the charge you get at home. Um, there are charges out there like um, juice um, that that can give you up to 40 amps. It's the only one I know of um, juice two that can give you 40 amps because it is made out of air, industrial aircraft parts and it truly gives you 40 amps. Anybody else that tells you they're giving you 40 amps doesn't, it gives gotcha. you probably the best of 21 amps, maybe 28, but juice, uh, juice two juice boost two gives you a true 40 amps and you can run over with a tank. I have one at my house. Um, you can get them on Amazon. Um, and I will send you a picture of it, Eric, so you can use it on the website. It's amazing charger. Um, it truly gives you a true 40 amps out of your dryer, um, outlet, um, yes. most home chargers will give you just, even though they're on a 40 amp system because of safety will give you maybe the maximum of 28, but most of them give you like 21 amp charge. You can call split the charger. Um, if you have two people charging in a townhouse or a condo, you can usually use a, a charger and split it. So you can have a power outlet and split it between two people, but then you're just splitting the power maybe down to 11 amps. Um, and you're talking about something that charges overnight. Um, if you're lucky, you'll get, um, maybe, um, 40 miles overnight, um, charge, (laughs) um, which is off of your (laughs) home, regular plug, um, which is horrible. Um, so, so you really need to go to a public DC charger, a fast charger that does 250 amps, you can take something. Um, I know this off the top of my head. I'd have to look up trucks, mm-hmm. but you can take a regular charger and plug it in. Um, something like uh, a Hyundai Ionic Five, mm-hmm. you can charge from twenty percent to eighty percent in thirty minutes. Wow! Um, that'll give you a hundred miles uh, charge in thirty minutes. Even if the if the charger isn't working a hundred percent, it'll deliver you 80 miles to a hundred miles in 30 minutes. That's so you've, that's a Starbucks visit, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's a grocery yeah. store visit.
2: I thought, um, and Eric would know this better, but when you run a line and you want to put a charger in, do you have to run that? It was brought to my attention that I thought we had to run an additional, um, 220 line to that charging station. Is that true? Or can you run a standard line out there.
0: I would. I mean, what I would do is, you know, if you're going to have that car in the garage or the front of your house, I would run a dedicated circuit out there. So you get the most power that you have. What Nick was talking about is you could plug into your dryer outlet, things like that, but you want to have that dedicated circuit.
1: So legally, if you run a plug, which is like a dryer plug off Mm -hmm. of your panel, the most you can have on a dryer-style plug is 40 amps. Correct. Next year, if you hardwire a charger into your house, uh, I think it goes to 80 amps Mm -hmm. um, legally, but it has to be hardwired into your house, that charger. But that doesn't flip in, I think, until 23. It might be this year. It might be 22. Yeah, here's where the problem's...
0: Come into, for instance, like there are you know millions of homes in the country that have a hundred amp service to them, right? That are older homes. Um, most homes are a two hundred amp service, but they've they're filled up with stuff. They've got the 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 washer. I mean, they've got the dryer, the electric dryer. They've got the water heater. They've got the electric range. They've got the air conditioning unit out there. And so many times, you've got eighty or hundred amps in there of things that could be on at the same point if you put in 80 amps many times on top of that plus you've got all those other things that you're running around the house many times you need to do a service panel upgrade so you can get beyond that 200 amps and do uh you know a different panel to be able to pull more in
1: yeah i mean it's it- it may be regulated by your city. it may be regulated by your um electrical um company it's the The regulations are you know the regulations start uh, federally and then they move down to um, state and then they move down to city and then they move down to your local provider yep. um, and, and they can only do as much as your local provider allows you to do. Uh, and then your home uh, allows you to do, depending on how it was wired, um, mm-hmm. and your panel allows you to do safely. And if your licensed electrician um, doesn't know what he's doing um, with and wiring an electric car in. Um, then you have the just, wrong one. You know, <laughs> yeah, you have the wrong one. Um, also, depending on whether you rent or own, um, if you're in a condo, uh, you have another whole bunch of challenges if you rent um, your your condo. The, the one thing that I always tell people is if you go and charge at a public charging station, because it's on a DC charger and all your home is on an AC, a DC charging station delivers so much more electricity than you can ever get at your home mm-hmm. in half an hour than you can get in 24 hours at your home that it's always a much better bet um, just to park your car at a DC charging station. Even if you're at work or you're shopping, in half an hour, the delivery is so much better. And it reduces charging anxiety as well. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: The thing that always makes me nervous is that I'm the type of person when I need gas, right? I'll let the gas go down and then I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I need gas. Boom, I'm at the gas station. I'm filled up in five minutes. And so yeah. my concern with this electric car is that if I do the same thing and I'm used to this and and I take responsibility, it's my fault for letting it get that low. But if you do that, now you've got to park yourself somewhere for a half an hour. It's no longer a five minute thing to get gas and go. You've got to sit there, correct? For a half an hour until you get enough charge.
1: It is a lifestyle change. And I have to tell you that you need to um, think, just think about, of- it's almost worth renting one for a few days and just learning the lifestyle difference. If you don't, uh, if you, if you rent one, you will see a completely different mental adjustment. It's more like owning a cell phone than it is owning, <laughs> um, owning a car. I'm laughing. Way- Caroline, Caroline's in I'm trouble. I'm laughing
2: because Eric knows, like tell him, I mean, it's bad. So, and I'm not ca- the only person doing that. Uh, Caroline's.
0: <laughs> Phone drops off on me about three times a day, and we'll be talking and we'll be going, and all of a sudden it goes Beow.
1: And then I know here's, I don't call her back deal for though, 20 minutes. Caroline, here's the deal: you don't have to have an electric car. And perhaps an electric car is not for you. That's why they make hybrids, plug-in yep. hybrids, gas cars, diesel cars, and electric cars, because we're all different as human beings, and perhaps electric is something that you learn about but don't own.
2: Oh, so Nick I've with heard the all great these rumors. Though so these rumors have told us that we're going to be all electric by twenty twenty five, right? You hear all this stuff out there. Is this true? Is, the, or, or um, is this where we're going?
1: There, there's car. There, you know. Look. Um, Chevy have said, hey, we're only gonna produce electric cars in but you know, starting in 2028 and by 2040, and and the California, the governor of California has said, we're only gonna do this, we're only gonna do that. He's not gonna be in office, by the way. True. <laughs> you know, True. Newsom is not gonna be in the office by 2025. Um there the the Mary Barra is not gonna be in charge of Chevy by the year that she said we'll be all electric by 2028. These guys aren't going to be there. It's easy for them to say we're only going to be producing vehicles by 2040. We could be in very different positions. Do you remember when um, they told us that MySpace would rule the world yeah. back 15 years ago?
2: Not my yeah. MySpace account. Uh, by the
0: way, all, all, our, <laughs> yeah. all, our, all our younger listeners, MySpace used to be this social media platform that uh- –
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, Nate, one <laughs> other
0: thing that we that we're going to have to wrap up because we're running out of time. But one thing I want to talk about real quick is speaking of electric vehicles, and I'm doing a speech down at uh, a whole seminar on this down in Orlando at the International Building Show at Design and Construction Week. Electric vehicles make us look differently at car charging at home as well, because if we are out of power for five days, yeah. How are you going to be charging that vehicle or how are you going to shift your life plans to make sure during those, you know, like we had our ice storm here in Portland last year where many of us didn't have power for five days, right? you know, and that included workplaces and everything else. How are you going to keep that car charged uh, during that time? And it's just something that we're going to talk about a little bit here in a few weeks.
1: Well, so, I mean, let's just look at this. From the other aspect, um, how do you put gas in your car when there's no power?
0: Mm-hmm. True.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you run your car on what gas you have in the tank mm-hmm. or what gas you have in a gas canister. You run your car on what electricity you have in the battery. You can't charge it. You can't put gas in your car. It, it's, it starts to be a bigger problem than just... Um, you know, okay, well, I could drive up to so-and-so, they have gas. All right, well, you could drive with the electricity up to so-and-so, they have electricity, I could charge it there. Yeah, Tesla stations have batteries that keep the charge. I mean, Tesla stations don't rely on a live grid. They charge the, they have massive batteries that charge them and then you take it from a battery. So they don't have to have live power. I mean, it it. It's a hu- It's a bigger problem. We're talking about the environment, and then you, then you start saying, "Well, we're talking about environment. We're talking about all this horrible weather. This horrible weather is caused because we're we're eroding the ozone, and we're doing all these horrible things to the environment. It's a much bigger issue than just talking about. And perhaps if we weren't pumping so much horrible stuff into the environment, perhaps these weather." these horrible weather things wouldn't be happening. I don't know if that's the answer. Perhaps we should have a horse and a barn full of hay and we should be doing... Yeehaw! uh, I, I don't have an answer for you. And the truth is... Perhaps you should have a massive diesel tank outside your house and you should be filling your truck with diesel. That would be an answer for you. Sure. Perhaps you should have a massive gas tank. Perhaps you should have a massive battery. Perhaps you should use your feet and walk or grow your own vegetables. There's a million and one answers to I that. I like the horse for I'm you, not- Eric.
2: I see you a right. horse and hay guy. I mean, definitely.
1: I I don't have the right answer. I have a lot of answers, but I'm not sure I have the right answer for you, Eric. But yeah. ultimately, if you want to think like that there's this whole thing called being prepared and living off the grid and Mm -hmm. you know there there is a bunch of answers i have that could answer that question for you but if you want to live in a world where you're always prepared for us to have no energy and no power you can prepare in several different ways you could look at the world in several different ways Mm -hmm. but i think ultimately electricity and electric vehicles are one answer But I don't think they necessarily are the right answer, but they are an answer. Yep.
2: Nice. So, like,
0: some of the things we're going to be talking about in that seminar is, okay, a lot of people are putting solar in. Are you creating uh, and then, you know, putting in solar battery storage? Because now there's multiple companies that are not really putting generators in. They've got a solar system and then a a battery pack that goes on the wall. So, what I'm talking about is is having builders think about that, that, okay – Think about when you're putting that solar system in with the battery storage, are you making it, sizing it correctly so you could charge a car from it? Could you do some of those things to
1: help give people another option? So I have to tell you, my Scroogeness comes in here. I think it's a huge waste of money. Um, when, when you think about putting all that solar stuff in the amount of money, I have a friend who lives in Northern California and he has the biggest, most massive electrical system. He has a tiny house that him, him and his partner live in. Uh, Um, they have the, the biggest off the grid system you could possibly imagine that they could power they power off the grid for I think two hundred or three hundred and like forty days a year where they don't need anything from anybody, and then for possibly twenty days a year, they take power from the grid because it's too cold for them to survive, but they they have they power off the grid, but it costs them nearly seven hundred thousand dollars to do so. And to be honest with you, I could have built the same house that they have and have enough firewood, (laughs) and keep myself warm and have a gas tank, you know, that does the same thing. I mean, for far less money than they spent on burying these huge batteries that are enough to power a small city underneath their property. The truth is that I think it's a huge waste of money that you'll never get back from windmills. And I mean, you could do the same with windmills on your property if that was legal. You could do all these different things. I, I, I don't think it's economically sound, and I'm not sure it necessarily helps the environment. I think these are all ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're the right ideas. Yeah, they're exactly. just ideas.
2: I love that. We wrap it up on that one for sure. Yep.
1: Well said, Nick.
0: Well, <laughs> well said. So, how do people track you down other than you being on most everybody's TVs out there? You know, showing the greatest uh, and best automotive vehicle news out there. What's the best way for people to find you?
1: Well, I mean, of course, you you can see uh, see us on Fox Sports or um, on your local TV in the mornings. But our website is our Auto Expert. Oh, A U T O E X P E R T dot com, and all of the written uh, video and uh, podcast reviews are on there. But uh, the best place, of course, to always go and listen to us is uh, with Eric and Caroline on Around the House. So, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, my friend.
0: Thanks for coming on today, Nick. We really appreciate (laughs) it. I'm Eric G,
2: and I'm Caroline B, and you've been listening to.
1: Around the house, somewhere unseen and undiscovered, anywhere beyond the mean. Life is a love song, let's be lovers. We're all over the radio